Um, so no joke, Ruben, and I'm, I'm yep. telling Ruben this cold, like cold turkey. There Fine. was a news story for a while that Kanye was legally changing his name to Hitler. Now you're kidding. I'm not kidding. And people believed it. It was fake. It was proven to be fake. But people believed it. I think that says a lot about <laughs> the state of Kanye at the moment. Because I believed it. I didn't blink twice. I looked it up a few days later because I was going to send it to you, Ruben. Because I'm like, this was funny. And people were fact-checking it. And it's false. But, uh, you know, for a second there, I believed it. Uh, so I, I mean, take that as you will. Kind of messed he, up. Kanye's the reason I can't post my Spotify rap. All right, because he's on it. He he's my number three. All right, he wrote graduation, man. All right, you can't use that as an excuse he anymore. Graduation. He wrote graduation. <laughs> Graduation's a bop. In fact, rejected. No, do not do not play graduation right now. I'm not Redacted. trying to get sued by a Nazi. I keep saying redacted when I keep trying to play it. Redacted. <laughs> you know, there's a line in graduation Redacted. where Kanye says, and I quote, I hate these N-words more than a Nazi. Aged like wine, buddy. Aged like wine. Take a sip of that. Fermented to perfection. <laughs> Cue the bar. Redacted. 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 Still redacted. No music this week. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pop Cultural Quintessentials with Cubed. I am Ruben Kiros. I am one third of Cubed. I am I'm joined by JQ, another third of Cubed, and Redacted. Not Jacob. Where is he? <laughs> He's oh, not here. No. You know, yesterday he did text me. If I don't text you, no, uh, don't say that. <laughs> Jacob is taking final exams, or at least close and approaching final exams. Jacob so. is a loser who is still in school and does not have a college degree, unlike me and Ruben. But also, but like Ruben and I, he doesn't have a job. But I have a job. I'm like, <laughs> I have a job. Yeah, you have, have a job. job. It's just not in the field that I would like to be working. Uh, if y'all want to visit. Hey, you here. just doxed yourself, you idiot. Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> Ruben, uh, beep that out. All right, Jonathan accidentally doxed himself. Woohoo. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> please explain to the viewers uh, internet safety and why they shouldn't do stuff like that. Okay, so the reason, valuable you, lesson. the reason you shouldn't tell people where you work slash where you live on the internet is because you have to stop assuming that only your friends are listening to this type of shit on the internet. Me personally, I know that only our friends are listening to this. And maybe one creepy guy from Connecticut who will not be contacting me. But uh, yeah, don't do that shit. There's that one guy in Brussels who's listened to this well, before. I don't know. I think he clicked on it by accident. He must have. <laughs> he must have been like, uh oh, what these dias? I don't know where Brussels is. Belgium, I've been yeah. there. I'm an idiot. I've been to Brussels. It's in Belgium. <laughs> All right. Wait, shit. What if it was me when I was in Belgium? Oh, it could have been you. That actually might make sense. I didn't click on our podcast. Then it wasn't was you. It was some random guy then. Wait, no shit. Did I? You know what? <laughs> Epic. <laughs> I can't remember. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm the guy from Brussels. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, 
Okay, so it's just us, just quasi-cute, and we're going to talk about one news topic, a bunch of trailers that dropped, because uh, Brazil Comic Con happened, and everyone dropped their trailers during that. Brazil campeão! Campeão do mundo, Brazil! Um, and then we'll talk about Fablemans, which we yeah. saw over Thanksgiving break. Fun fact, I think this is Ruben and I's first quasi-cube since our Amazing Spider-Man 2 rewrite, because usually I am the one it's missing yeah i'm the one who's too busy um but hey you know i opened up some time and here we are uh jacob is no longer with us he he wanted to take his career in a different direction um but you know (laughs) (laughs) all right let's start with this new story um we usually do mr zazlav's wild ride but there really isn't much zazlaffing wild riding this week instead let us jump over to Bob Chapek's misadventures, um, the incredible Ruben took, mis- all of, Ruben took all of three seconds to come up with that. I saw. Yeah, it wasn't even original. Um, it, it was so awesome. I was, I was, I, not a lot of people know this. I was in the bar when Ruben wrote that name on a napkin, and he showed it to me, and I was like, "No," I was like, "No way!" <laughs> and he- <laughs> Man, leave me be. <laughs> how about how about uh? You know what? No, I'm not. I, it's dead. I'm not going to keep trying. Yeah, you can't, can't keep digging on that <laughs> um, one. That one is dead, man. So Bob Chapek uh, was Disney CEO since 2020. Uh, I think December 2019, Bob wow, Iger. He, he really was barely even there. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was there for longer. <laughs> Bob Iger, I think, resigned in, uh, officially in December 2019. And he was there for a lot of Disney's uh, recent successes. Uh, yeah. The successes with the MCU, the Infinity Saga, there was the acquisitions of Pixar, of Marvel, of Lucasfilm, all of that was Paul Iger. He'd been there for like a decade and a half. He decided, oh, it's time to retire. And then he picked Bob Chapek, who used to run Disney Parks as his successor in 2020. Well, he lasted less than two years. He had his contract extended like six months ago. So they're going to have to pay him out. So Bob Chapek's going to be a rich mf for doing nothing uh, for the rest of his life. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> and then the board voted out Chapek this, uh, two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, it was two weeks ago. And they brought back Bob Iger. Yeah. Um, they pulled an Ides of March on jo- uh, Bob, uh, Bob. What's his name? Chapek. <laughs> they're, they're both. <laughs> they're both Bob. They're both shows Bob. You, shows you how much I actually give a shit about this guy. <laughs> a lot of people were happy about this. A lot of people hated JPEG. Oh yeah, no, no. I like Iger better, uh, just in general. Um, but I don't. I didn't hear much about JPEG uh, to be honest with you. I know that um, from what I hear, he's not as fond of animation as um, as Iger was. I like a lot of the animation community. I think like, the was... creator creator of the Owl House was just like, oh my god. Iger is back. So, <laughs> everyone hated JPEG. Uh, JPEG, one of the big sticking points for people against JPEG was that he sent three of the Pixar movies in a row to Disney+. Plus. Uh, yeah. Soul was necessary because of the pandemic, but then Luca and Turning Red were more up in the air and people were more pissed about those. Uh, there was you know, also the issue with Scarlett Johansson that happened under his watch where she sued oh, him. Oh, yeah. um, people are, are upset that. with the direction of Disney Parks. Um, the states, 
uh, his conflict with uh, Florida Governor Rob DeSantis, which I think is effing stupid um, by Ron DeSantis, but that's besides the point. That also happened under his watch, and shareholders aren't going to be happy about Disney Parks being in conflict with the government of Florida. So I guess that was... I, I for one, am all for that. Have I am for him the, standing up you, for it. Have but... you met the government of Florida? Yeah. <laughs> it's a crocodile in a three-piece suit. I met an alligator. Shit. <laughs> Ruben, bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, so no, basically, um, he was silent about the don't say gay bill in Florida. The people inside the company got pissed. Then he said something. And then Ron DeSantis uh, retaliated by taking away Disney's tax exemption in their parks, I think. They have a tax exemption in the what they, are they did the, for a, dec a couple decades. What ago. are they, the Church of Mouse? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, then, and then here's the big thing. Um, the Monday before uh, Bob Chapek got fired, um, Disney uh, stock report came out. They were 36% uh, below their expectations. And uh, I think that was the nail in the coffin for him. Um, <laughs> that was it. In fact... Uh, Bob Chapek being fired made Disney stocks bounce nine percent by his. You are absolutely kidding. It's kind of funny. That's kind of <laughs> that's a that's a morality killer. Imagine you leave a company and the act of you leaving that company causes stocks to bounce up. Like why? I, I, I what do you even do then? What do you do then? <laughs> Look, one of the big responsibilities someone has as a leader is choosing their successor, and if we're judging Bob Iger's entire. Everything he did with Disney, I think his biggest mistake, quite honestly, was picking Bob Chapek as his successor. Um, he just seems huh. like a he seems like a penny pincher um, during a <laughs> pandemic, which Can was we... not good, not a good combination. Um, they were still spending a bunch on Disney Plus content, but then penny pinching everywhere else in the company, which was effing whack as shit. Uh, now it sounds like what they're gonna do is they're gonna start cutting back on some of the Disney Plus content which good um maybe we'll get some quality over quantity here especially yeah. with the marvel stuff the especially marvel stuff. with freaking marvel dude marvel's been floundering a bit um also hopefully uh Iger brings back theatrical star wars i have kind of been interested in seeing not yeah. another episode but like at least a theatrical star yeah. wars tale and i'm hoping uh that bob Iger uh straight up just cancels that night of the museum movie just buries it just Jonathan, buries that it thing's deep. done it's coming just bury it deep underground uh just let let that shit die please so jpeg's new contract he had signed it in july just to give you more details and it was it was supposed to run all the way through 2025 jesus they, what yeah it was like a three-year extension what changed what the, the stocks most likely was the biggest uh, just the stocks that's all it took yeah i guess when you're a publicly traded company that's what the kind of sticking points huh i love how that's the sticking point it's not all the creative backlash it's like oh my god we're losing money oh shit often <laughs> your thoughts on this story in general and the return of bob Iger and the ousting of bob chapek um, look here. Okay, so in 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 order of importance, Bob Iger's return. Kind of excited, you know. Um, I'm not, I don't really pay attention to the the CEO crap or anything like that when it comes to creativity. I'm Bro, we talk about Zaslav on this podcast all the time. I know, but that's because that man was heavily 
heavily affecting the creative output. All That's right? true. That's true. That's Iger true. was more of a like, just do your thing. We'll support you as long as it's 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 within reason, you know. Um, that was another thing JPEG did, by the way. So back under Iger, uh, the Disney creative heads like uh, Kevin Feige at Marvel, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy at uh, Star Wars, Pete Doctor at Pixar. Uh, Brenda Chapman at Disney Animation. I think I got that all right. Basically, they were in charge of what content would be made. What JPEG did is he put in a another level of bureaucracy uh, where people who weren't involved with creativity made the final decisions on content that was being made. I love that. I love it when people who have no idea, uh, <laughs> I love it when people who have no no stake in the creative process have all the stake in the creative but process. Iger undid that right away because he doesn't believe in it. Uh, right when he came back, he fired the guy, JPEG had second in command, who was basically yeah. overseeing the creatives and making those decisions. <laughs> so fine. that was the big, big change that happened here. Fire. I am all for it. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, all for I'm, that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm happy about his return. I'm happy uh, for the fact that, you know, there's more creative liberty. Obviously, I'm always going to be for that. Um, as for Adobe JPEG, I mean, I don't really I don't really know much about him. I, every time that you say his name, I immediately forget it. JPEG? Yeah. Okay, so Josh Peck leaving um, <laughs> is not that big of a deal. I, think. I, I love just working Drake and Josh, but he was definitely... You know he's become hmm. he's in that in that start a power that. hungry bald white guy. Yeah, yeah. He's turned into a power hungry power hungry bald white guy. Man, you could that is that is such a general term. You know how many people are power hungry bald white men? You know, Jeff the only Bezos. Reason, you know the only reason Elon Musk isn't a power hungry bald white guy is because he, he got hair plugs. Yeah. No, well, he's got he got hair plugs. Haven't you seen those like old pictures of Elon where that man that man's hairline is 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 fourth and down ten yards? Wait, penalty, those pictures are, are those pictures real? Those are real. I thought those were fake. No, they're real. <laughs> Damn it, Elon Musk propaganda. I thought those pictures were fake. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so so Apex Legends. I'm happy that he left. Um. You know, I think I, I, I think we should get some interesting stuff. I don't really care all that much. No, I get it. Leaving. I get it. Yeah. I don't care all that much about his le- him leaving as much as I care about Bob Iger coming back. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah. I, like if he's responsible for for the quality of Phase Four Marvel, then I do care because uh, maybe he put someone above Feige that made that shit harder to do. I really hope Marvel reels it in and, and, and does quality over quantity. So to be clear with Bob Iger coming back, it was just because Bob Chapek was such a disaster because Bob Iger's only coming back for two years. It's basically <laughs> to steer the ship and find the next successor, basically, is what, <laughs> what it is. Um, That's, oh, God. Uh, C- the CFO who apparently took down JPEG, uh, this came out yesterday, actually. Uh, Christine McCarthy, the, the CFO, yeah. who uh, I think the deadline headline calls her the king killer who took down Bob JPEG. <laughs> the king killer? That's uh, she, a strong phrase for a dude that was she, in a company for a year well, and a she, half. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, she is uh, apparently the leading contender to take over in two years. So we shall see what happens there. I don't think Disney's ever had a female CEO, so that would be interesting. Um, it'd be good. Can't, can't wait to hear the online backlash about that. Yeah, Jesus. But all right. A, wo- a woman. 
running Disney? What is this? <laughs> Walt Disney wouldn't have wanted this. Yeah, no Walt, shit. <laughs> Walt Disney would have wanted. Walt Disney would have wanted a man to run it. He would have wanted him to be anti-Semitic. I, I, I post Kanye West as a possible. <laughs> Good lord. Good lord. All right. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. Uh, we're doing another uh, trailer palooza since, like I said, a bunch of trailers dropped. Most of them were because of Brazil Comic Con. The only one I don't think dropped at Brazil Comic Con, but right before, was Super Mario Brothers. The yeah, second wait, wait, wait. trailer we need a, came we out. Need a, we need a trailer palooza theme. All right, go for it. See, I hate this. You only hit like two notes, and that's it. Okay, wait, no, no, no. Okay, okay, I got it. All right. Shit! <laughs> All right! Uh, beautiful, beautiful, JQ. And I, by beautiful, I mean I'm cutting that out because it sounded terrible. Um... <laughs> For, yeah, you could hear like 5% of that because of the mic settings. Okay, uh, yeah, we can cut all of that out then. Let's <laughs> do a little. Right. <laughs> Put a little oh, marker in there. <laughs> this is the problem when you do a podcast with just me and Ruben. There is no Jacob to balance out the craziness that I bring. Jacob is like the liaison between my level of crazy and Ruben's level of subduedness. Uh, and without that, you. He is somewhere have... in the middle. He's yeah, somewhere he is. in the middle. And without that, you just have the most bipolar experience. <laughs> the most bipolar listening experience possible. We we wanted to give you an insight of what Kanye's head's like sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's me, uh, I got you! <laughs> Good lord. That's also in there. Um, okay. <laughs> so the Super Mario trailer came out. Um, gave us some more insight into how... Everyone sounds in this movie, um, especially Chris Pratt Mario, which everyone's still whining like bitches online about, which I honestly don't think sounds that bad. <laughs> I'm um, at the point where I'm just kind of like, well, well, listen, listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I do not care. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay. Um, like, would I have preferred Charles Martinet? I mean, yeah, maybe, but like these they're not I Italian. don't know. I they're, still... not, they're not Italian in this version. Yeah, they're like from Brooklyn. Yeah, so I can't or like live with whatever that. Brooklyn's gonna be on this. Do y'all not remember what Mario sounded like in the Super Mario Super Show? This does like... seem like it's directly yeah, adapting. It's like, Luigi, Luigi, that's a stone. You didn't make it. He spoke like that. He spoke like I'm fine. Or I'm Bob fine. or Bob Hoskins in the old Mario yeah. movie. You remember how Luigi sounded in those old ones? Yeah. Mario! Mario! <laughs> no, but my, my point is, I mean, like, voice-wise, am I in love with Chris Pratt's voice? Hmm. No. I'm in the middle. Exactly. I'm in the middle yeah. on it. Do I, am I, like, vehemently against it? Also, no. Um, like, I feel like they kind of just picked Pratt because of his star power, and I would have preferred maybe a better casting, but I don't hate it. I'm not up in arms about it. Especially because the other casting just seems like God-tier. Like, yeah. Um, Everything else is really Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach really works. 
I really did not expect that to work as well as it ended up. Keegan Michael Key at Toad is really working for me. Shocking. I really, I really like uh, that. Charlie Day's Luigi just seems like top tier. Uh, that voice that was casting. that and Jack Black's Bowser. Yes. When I saw those announcements, I'm like, they got it. They got it right. They got it spot on with those two. Everyone else, we'll see. And with their uh, scene <laughs> in the trailer, you're just like, okay, this really does work. Like, damn. yeah. <laughs> I'm upset. Um, my, my biggest disappointment about this trailer is that we didn't get to uh, hear uh, Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. Uh, we saw him. didn't hear him. <laughs> I'm very curious about how that's going to work. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. What I find interesting about this, it seems like they're somehow incorporating the games into the plot of the movie. Yeah, like, like, uh, like a wide variety of the games. Too, yeah, and, like. yeah. Like, they're like doing Super TV. Smash, you're doing that uh, with yeah. Mario and Donkey Kong in, a, in some yeah. ways. I guess that's also a tribute to the original Donkey Kong. You got a tribute to the original uh, Mario side-scrollers Yeah, with him doing the obstacles, which who knows why he's doing that. And then, yeah. yeah, you got Mario Kart at the end of the trailer, too. Yeah. No, that was the most shocking part. Did you see them in the carts? I was like, oh, shit, we're, we're covering a lot of ground in this. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, you know, it's like a 30-something-year-old franchise at this point. So, I mean, there is a lot of ground to cover. Um, and there, there's a bit of a gap. There, there's, like, there's a galaxy reference in there, I would say. I mean, Peach talking about all the galaxies out there. Like, that's, that's a sequel. Definitely, there's no way you're going to do Mario Galaxy. I know, but that opens it up to, like, okay, so this is covering, like, a lot of Mario. Um, I think the galaxies is more about how they're going to explain him jumping into different worlds so quickly would be my yeah. guess. Um, yeah, I do like the use of uh of um of like the um OG sound effects for like like going through the pipe or like hitting a block or like you know all of yeah. that is really cool. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited for this one. Um, like Can I don't talk I, about the animation quality here too, because Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't believe Illumination made this. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They must have outsourced this and then just put. Well, they always outsource, but it feels like they outsourced. No, they outsourced it. They outsourced it somewhere better because let me tell you, this is not illumination quality animation. It is uh, like it is. I can't even say heads and shoulder above. It's an entire effing body above like anything that illumination has done before. And I'm guessing it's because Nintendo was like, hey. We're giving you Mario. We're giving you our flagship franchise. Which this is thing we, doesn't you know, look pristine. They it's have been working on this animation pristine. for a while. Because if you look at, I think, Sing 2, if you actually watch that, that made like a big jump for Illumination. And now you look at this and you're like, oh, was this all all these advancements? Was this because Nintendo was down your necks? <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's the one... <laughs> There are a few times where, where where businesses will actually push forward creativity. I'm not gonna say a few times. There are definitely some times where business can push forward creativity. That's definitely one of them. Just the pressure to make something that good sometimes pushes you to actually, you know, try again. Illumination, Minions 2, Rise of Guru looking as. Hey, <laughs> that was a great animated movie. Ruben, shut the hell up. <laughs> Oh man! Remember, a uh, uh, hard knuckle went to jail after the events of that movie, according to China, and I and I live by that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he's in the man, if he's in the sequel, there's gonna have to be a lot of explaining. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do it with an opening crawl. Okay. Yeah, he broke out of glorious Chinese imprisonment. 
Who knows why? No, 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 no. He wouldn't break out. It'd be he served his time and now he is out. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to break out, but he couldn't. <laughs> he, broke, he tried breaking out, but failed because maybe uh, there's a scene that opens Minions 3 when, when he's breaking out, but China would yeah. just delete that and say <laughs> he went through the court systems, appealed. Uh, saw his parole board, and now they think he's a good man again. And because we are merciful, merciful jailers. <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right, next yeah. up. Yeah, what were you going to yeah. say? Uh, excited for this one. Very I am too. I'm very interested. All right, next ah. up. Uh, going now into the Brazil Comic Con trailers. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts released its first trailer. Uh, first mainline Transformers movie in six years, I think. Because I think 2017 is when the last night came out. Bumblebee came out 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, what? What came out 2017? Uh, this thing called The Last Night. You what? remember. Transformers what? The Last Night. Michael Bay's final I don't, I don't think Transformers I know movie. No, I don't think I know that one. <laughs> Jonathan? I don't like The Last Night. It's no secret that I hate that movie with a violent passion. And why do you hate it so much, JQ? It's garbage! It's garbage! Alright? It's garbage. There's no plot. There's Cogs, Cogsworth. Michael, Michael, no, what's his name? Anthony Hopkins is in it for some goddamn reason. He gets killed by Megatron in the most comical way possible. Yeah, he gets killed like, at Stonehenge. Yeah, cool. he gets shot. He gets murked. And he's just walking around. It's the funny thing. He's just walking around. And Megatron's just like, he's like, insect. And then he shoots him. And he flies <laughs> into the air comically. Like, I laughed. I laughed. I laughed at. I think the, the worst thing that movie I, I did. I laughed at watching Anthony Hopkins die. That movie cinematography was what Tommy Wiseau with that, the budget would have been. He grabbed an IMAX <laughs> camera and a regular camera, and at the same time he was filming. So he, this shot, reverse shot, was an IMAX camera and a regular camera. So the aspect ratio. It was one. It's one of the most incompetently made. One of the most creatively. Uh, the defunct uh it's it's horrible it's horrible there's nothing there's the, the only saving grace of that movie is that steve buscemi plays a transformer i bet you didn't even remember that i did not I remember bet that you didn't even remember i did not that. remember that garbage ass movie i remember during that movie you turned to me and you're like ruben there's no plot why yeah, the it was you... after it was after the suicide squad intro of all those decepticons that they then subsequently murdered <laughs> like without ceremony what I think it was man? supposed to. It's supposed to be a joke, uh, but it, it wasn't, wasn't funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It felt out of place. I felt like I did shrooms before watching that movie, dude. Like the changing aspect ratios, Megatron returning after out of nowhere after dying two movies ago. Not even Michael Bay is watching his own movies for continuity. Don't even start. Don't even start me on Galvatron is planet Earth. Don't start me on that shit. I swear to God. And then they were, no, they were bringing Cybertron back. No, Cybertron was back in the fifth one, remember? Yeah. No, Cybertron I, was back after it, we saw it explode. It, it exploded. We in saw the, it explode. In the third one, yeah. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy Transformer said, ah, oh, Optimus. You destroyed my home. You said that shit. You remember that shit? Yeah, and Optimus flew back to confront the creators, which were on Cyber. And he froze. That's the funniest part from the fourth and fifth movie. This badass flies into the air. The first time that we see him in the last night, he's 
freaking catatonic. Yeah, he probably he probably should have thought through. Maybe grabbed a spaceship that was on the moon or some shit. Yeah. Okay. No bullshit that he froze though. Why would he freeze? Why would he? No. There's no effing way that man just flew up into the air and froze like that. In any case, he was in that movie for five minutes. You got me started on some G shit. Uh, I'm very excited for this new Transformer movie. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about the new Transformers. So, Transformers: uh, Rise of the Beast is called. It's a follow-up to Bumblebee. Um, I have heard conflicting things on whether or not that is. This is all still in the Bay continuity. I hope to God it's not. I'm praying to God that Bumblebee started a new continuity. Um, but it's based on the Beast War storyline. JQ, you're the Transformers expert. Do you know anything about this? Or I think Transformers expert is a bit is a bit generous. Uh, that is a little time. generous. Uh, I watched a lot of '80s and '90s cartoons growing up uh, because you know they were still pretty big in the 2000s. 2000s were, yeah. was just '90s minus part two. Um, I never saw the Beast Wars uh, um, TV show mostly because, like, as a kid, the CG. I wasn't very impressed by it. It wasn't something that caught my attention. I mean, looking back now, it's pretty impressive for a TV show that they they did a fully like CG TV show like at that time. But I was more of the uh, like G one Transformers. So I saw like the the movie from the eighties where Optimus dies. Everyone dies. Like all the yeah. original crew dies. Not all of them. I, Ironhide. Like most, most of them died. Don't they? Ironhide, Ratchet, uh, Prime. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Starscream dies. Well, he doesn't die. He gets killed. Uh, <laughs> he gets killed by Galvatron. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're back. Oh, it's so bad. He, he, he shoots him with like a decay, like a decay pistol. Like he literally just crumbles into uh, that dust. The, is that the shit uh, Sentinel had in the third live action movie? Nah, I'm guessing. No, oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what Mike. I'm sure Michael Bay did his homework while making those movies. That's why. <laughs> No, we're not going to start with the twins. If I get started with the twins, we're never going to talk about this. Well, story. okay. Anyway, when I, when I like this, yeah. Uh, Beast Wars is, is essentially like this this, uh, this offshoot of the Transformers um, that focuses on, um, I believe it's Transformers that come that came to the, the planet a lot earlier. So instead of copying vehicles, they copied like animals. So you have yeah. like Optimus Primal, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I, 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 my, my, it looks I, like it's called the Maximals and the Terracons uh, yes. are, the, are the two factions of Transformers yeah. in this. Um, I like this idea because it is finally getting away from, even though it's still two factions of robots going at each other with the Autobots in the middle, it is still different from what they've been doing for like 15 years, which is Autobots versus Decepticons. Um, well, in live action, that uh, was not. That's not the problem with those movies. <laughs> that's not the problem with the movies, but like it's something. Di- My point is, it's something different. All right. Yeah. No, it's taking it. There's a lot you can do with Transformers. I'd say. I mean, yes, the t- it, the show, the entire lore started off as a way to sell toys, but we're we're like 30 years into this at this point. There have been like shows that have done competent things with these characters, like uh, Transformers Prime. Um, so like, you know, it's probably time that we start transitioning that into live action in a way that isn't shitty. Sorry, Bay fans. <laughs> uh, so just to give some of the newcomers, uh, Anthony Ramos plays the lead human. 
uh, who, the guy from In the Heights, which we loved. Um, I think wow, he could do a good gonna, job with this. Just going to sum him up as the guy from In the Heights. Well, that's how I know him. He from. was in Hamilton. Hamilton as well. Yeah. He was in Hamilton. Lynn's friend, Anthony Ramos. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's good friend, Anthony Ramos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dominique Fishback plays the lead uh, female character. Uh, then Peter Cullen's back is Optimus Prime. That man, I, can I, can I, Father Time, if you're listening, back the hell off from Peter Cullen. I'm begging you, let that man voice his character for at least another 15 years. <laughs> uh, I'm actually begging you. I'm how old is Peter you. Cullen? Peter uh, Cullen's 81. How the hell is he still hitting this cadence so well? I don't like know. Like in the trailer, Jesus, it still sounds really good. Yeah, like you can you can definitely start hearing like a little old, bit. You can hear the oldness creep in, but it's like he still got it. Like he's yeah. still really he is Optimus Prime, dude. Like yeah. no one, like no one else can play that role the same way. I don't I don't know. That's just me. So Bumblebee's also in this, and then you got Pete Davidson's a new Autobot in this, uh, the one you see in the trailer, uh, Mirage. Are you effing kidding the, me? The silver car transformer. He's playing effing Mirage? Yeah. Why is Pete Davidson to play Mirage? I don't know, man, but yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Seeing the difference. Oh, my God. Seeing the difference between the way Mirage was portrayed in Dark of the Moon, which, I mean, he was barely even in that. He was just kind of like... He was in. He was in there to sell toys. He did nothing in that movie. Wait, who? Uh, Mirage. He was in there. You don't remember that? He oh my god! Red, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, the red one with yeah. the blades on his arms. He did. Okay, nothing. this has to be a reboot at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. It has to be. Yeah. For God's sake, let it be. Because. <laughs> um. Then you got RC, uh... which love her design. I dude, blast from the past. Blast from the past. Seeing that design in live action. Uh, like, played by Lisa Koshi. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cristo Fernandez plays Wheeljack. Uh, Wheeljack's in this. I don't know if I know that one. Uh, Autobot scientist and mechanic who transforms into brown and white 1970s Volkswagen. Like, <laughs> the Autobot scientist. I feel like I've heard the name Wheeljack before. From, like, the original series. Right? Oh, yeah. It's what you use to, uh, to like, raise a car. Uh, when it <laughs> you, you know exactly that's not... <laughs> Good lord. And then John DiMaggio is playing a Autobot called Stratosphere. I love John DiMaggio. What a guy. Um, leader of the... Oh, you want to know why we've heard of this guy before? Wheeljack? Yeah, go for it. It's because he was he was also in Transformers 3. He was the he was the old dude. Okay, this has this is a reboot. This is yeah, a reboot. he was the old dude who I got refused he, to he believe was the old dude who got murdered. Remember that? Like B, I think they're going to kill us. <laughs> okay, unless Wheeljack uh is trans and changes uh I like his gender identity, which I don't think Transformers is gonna be that progressive, unfortunately. I, I think this is a reboot. I think Wait, is Wheeljack a woman in this one? Yeah, exactly. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, no he's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a reboot. Like, I don't think Transformers is that Ruben. progressive. Okay, but Ruben, Ruben, <laughs> it's literally Transformers. Okay, <laughs> listen, are you are you hearing yourself? Are you hearing? Yourself I am. Right I am. I am. Or maybe Wheeljack is not a name. It's a symbol. It's or a, a title. It's a, it's a title. It only goes from Autobot to Autobot. What if every Autobot name is just a title? <laughs> Ironhide's real name is Reggie. 
just call signs. They're just call signs. Um, okay, a couple more names. I won't go through everyone. Ron Perlman's playing Optimus Primal. The, uh, and you the are gorilla. recognized. And you are recognized that episode. The gorilla you see in the trailer. Um, Michelle Yeoh is also one of the Maximals. Uh, Arizor. And then you got Peter Dinklage playing uh, the lead Terracon. So he, Peter Dinklage is the antagonist, the lead antagonist of this Let's Transformers movie. Go! <laughs> I'm excited for that. Um, I mean, beyond casting and whatnot, like something yeah. I really want to talk about in this trailer is just the visual style. Um, I've seen people online complaining about the cartoony styles and saying they don't work in live it's action. So good, though. which, which, uh, to all those people, shut up. Yeah. Honest to God, please. You're because these same people are like praising the Bayformer designs. And I look, my problem with those movies is not the design. No, I, really, no, no. I really like the Autobot designs um in those old movies. But I like these too. I like the feel of them. I no, like no, no, how the, the, 80s they are. And don't but but you know what I will complain about in those old movies is the the, 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 the I can't speak English. The Decepticon designs. Everyone looked exactly the same. Everyone was gray or black, and they and it, like they could kill the same Decepticon three times, and I wouldn't have noticed. And they did that because Barricade showed up three they, times. Yeah, in Barricade that died like and he three died times. Three times. Which is they kept, they kept bringing him back to kill him. <laughs> okay, no, no, he died in the first movie. Was in the background of the second movie, and then died again in the third one. Right? Wasn't and then that? he was in the fifth one. They brought him back in the fifth one. No way. Seriously. Yes, you don't remember because they, no. I, I remember because they had this. They had a bunch of these teaser posters, and yeah. he had they, they had one for Barricade where he lifts up his fist and he has like the iron knuckles or whatnot, and they said punishment or some shit like that. Oh my god! And I was just like, "Are you effing kidding me?" He's what happened back? to Michael Bay as he was he's going back. through the years on those movies? It you, feels like you want to? Did you? He's, you he's, would, he's, would you want to rewatch those? No. Would you want to rewatch no. those? It feels like he was slowly losing his mind is what I'm getting No, what at. I'm telling you is I don't think he wanted to rewatch them. He's like, what happened in the last one? I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like he hated his own movie. Yeah, yeah, he, just, he did it for the money. He's like, I can't even tell what's happening, bro. No, epic. Uh, Barricade's back. Did we kill him? Did we kill him? We did it. We did All right, it. So it doesn't happen matter. We're the biggest issue, I will, the biggest <laughs> issue... Uh, with those Transformers movies, the Michael Bay ones, was the screenplay. We did, did kind of do like better with Bumblebee when it was just the Bumblebee story. If you haven't yeah. watched Bumblebee, go watch that one. That's the one I highly recommend if you're interested in the Transformers movie. And probably yeah. the original Transformers as well, right? 07, Michael Bay? For the most part. For you go back part? there. I mean, you go back there. There's still some sketchy shit happening. Remember when... Bumblebee pees on the guy. Yeah, I was right? about to say that. Bumblebee <laughs> pisses on John Totoro. He just, he just unscrews his dick and just like <laughs> he, he unscrews the head of his penis and pisses on John Totoro. I will I say forget. that third one is a guilty pleasure of mine. Like I the, like that third one. Yeah. yeah. I think it was probably Leonard Nimoy and then the fact that they destroyed Chicago and it was like yeah. rah rah. Uh, yeah. I also like, like, like when the Autobot random, show back up. I love some of the random cameos in that too. Freaking John Malkovich is in that. Ken Jong's in. Ken Jong's yeah, yeah. in it. It was the first time I saw Ken Jong in anything. Which is yeah, which is wild. Yeah, that's Jerry. <laughs> yeah, we it's after it. it's after he had hit it big with the Hangover movie. Ruben uh, Jacob and I quote that that's Jerry line a lot, just randomly, just out of context. Uh, that's the line that they say uh, when. Uh, can John get suicided by, by, by a Decepticon? By a Decepticon. 
Man, these movies were stupid. Movies were stupid. <laughs> it's such a status that there was no consistency, Ruben. There was like, they would focus too much on the humans and then they would come back to the Transformers and they wouldn't know what to do with the Transformers character-wise. Name one character development for any of those Transformers. Any of them. Now nah, I got nothing. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait, wait. I guess in the third one, uh, Optimus trusts uh, his mentor and his arc is to not trust his mentor Sentinel yeah. Prime anymore. His, his arc is to be comfortable with saying we will kill them all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, his, his arc his arc is to be comfortable with the destruction of Cybertron. I think that's it, right? It's like, that's a weak-ass arc, bro. I'm not saying it's a strong arc, but you said name an arc. That's like name the only arc. One I, that's the only arc. That's the only one I got. That's the only I got one I got. I got another one for you. The twins got progressively more racist as that second <laughs> movie went on. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really do much reading. Excuse me. <laughs> you, you think Tom Kenny looks back at that with shame? If I like, that's the one thing. Like, if someone like, would walk up to Tom bro, Kenny, oh I loved you. God. I loved I you. Loved you as uh, skits. Bro. bro, you were my favorite. Bro, I would walk up to them and be like, "Dude, I loved you as skits. Can you do it? Can you do the voice?" Real quick? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like. Shit, man, it was a different time. <laughs> He's like, look, Robert Downey Jr. had just done Tropic Thunder, all right? I thought I was untouchable. Hey, but that's different! <laughs> that's it. No, 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 do not bring Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder is making fun of that shit. Yeah, no, but, no, but that's what I mean. Like, Ruben, when has Hollywood ever interpreted nuance properly? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but that wasn't even done for nuance. He, Michael Bay literally stuck black Transformers with the main crew, just so he could, like, I, I don't know, because he thought it'd be cool. <laughs> he had them played by white people. Yes! Aggressively white people. What? He gave one of them a golden tooth! <laughs> what the shit was he thinking? I love, I love how this review of the... Does any of the... <laughs> does one of those Transformers the... drop the N-bomb during that movie? No, too? no, oh, thank no, God. Jesus. I love how this beef, this beast, <laughs> this beast morphers... Trailer review has turned into the lambasting of, of the Michael Transformers. Transform of Michael Bay's Transformers. <laughs> okay, look to get back to the trailer real quick because I, I'm guessing we're gonna have to move on. Soon. Yeah, probably. Something yeah. that I love in, in comparison between this and the old ones, uh, <laughs> between this and the old ones, is that like okay, the action is stylized. You can actually tell what's happening. I love the, the new designs. I really love the cartoony designs. I watched G1 Transformers. Like yeah. that's my that's my shit. That's my jam. That's what I that's what I know. Yeah. That's what I know. Um, um, like yeah, I just the, the action just looks so comprehensive. It's filmed in a way like there, there, it has a like a like a visual personality that isn't just American flags and three sixties around women screaming as as Transformers fly over them. You know, there's it, it seems like there's like the color palette is really nice. I'm telling you, there there is something to be said about having colorful Decepticons because I know you want to be like, oh, they're gray, they're evil, whatnot. That's not what they were originally. There is a distinct way to tell them apart, like. This is a problem that happens in video games too. As video games have gone on, a lot of things have become duller and more brown and more gray. And it's harder to tell like where an enemy is in comparison to the rest of the terrain. So to have your characters pop out from the background to pop out from like the, the, the surroundings, that's great. Um, Someone's been watching I, Sonic Frontier videos. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... See, the CG looks pretty decent too. Like the CG for those Bay Transformers started off really good. And then just started going. <laughs> it down also the got hill. lazy. 
Like, uh, <laughs> was it the fourth movie when they brought in like the freaking yeah the wear transformation the, the pill? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, so awful! It was like a lazy way out. It was, it was um, horrendous. But uh, the director of this one, just a uh, real quick wrap up. Uh, Stephen Michael King. Bay. <laughs> that would have that that would have been the best. That would have been the best payoff to the joke. Uh, but no, it's Stephen uh, Capel Jr., the guy who directed Creed Two. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So oh, they got shit. they got a competent director, but but and I just got online, so this is what's worrying me when I'm looking at these credits. There are a total of five credited screenwriters on this thing. Ruben, the more writers, the better. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that you, that's a hallmark of the Transformers franchise, which I... Yeah, yeah. I think there were six writers for that last night, Ruben. Yep. <laughs> so I, I, all I, of I, which... All of which who should be fired and never work another day in Hollywood. Now, that's, I don't think... Yeah, not a single one of those people should see... Should see should be allowed around a laptop ever again. I'm telling you that right now. This is not saying the movie will be bad. I am just uh, uh, cautiously optimistic because of the number of screenwriters on this one. Trepidatious. Trepidatious. We'll be trepidatious about this one. I'm excited. I love the use of 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 Biggie in the trailer. Yeah. I felt like it was a. I mean, I feel like it's a it's a weird song to pick for a Transformers movie, but I'll take it. You know. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast comes out June 9th, twenty twenty three. It was all a dream. On JQ, JQ's birthday present is this Transformers movie. Wait, when does it come out again? June 9th, 2023. You have got to be kidding me. Nope. Happy birthday to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, we're going to the theater with birthday hats on. And cheering <laughs> <laughs> on Optimus. Yeah, I'm a, walking with an Optimus freaking Transformers. I mean, hello, after I buy the beast. <laughs> Uh, and then Mario, I didn't mention this, April 7th, 2023, just to give that I'm as well. Excited about, I'm excited about that one. All right, next trailer. We spent way too long in that Transformers one. We Because uh, we, we barely even talked about the trailer itself. We, we talked about it in passing. We <laughs> landed Bay. Um, next one that came that was, out. Yeah. Thank you, Ruben. That was cathartic. That was cathartic. No, that was fun. off my chest. Yeah. Let's go. Let's continue. I'm, I'm more calm. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny also released its trailer. Uh, this is the fifth Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. Um, Steven Spielberg did not come back to direct this one. Uh, James Mangold of Logan fame, uh, Ford v Ferrari, uh, Walk the Line, other films he's done. Yeah, um, he's directing oh, this Indiana Jones. Um, I think the trailer looked pretty good. Um, but then again, I, I think the marketing for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull wasn't that bad either. But I trust James Mangold. Uh, to deliver a good final outing for Indy. Because uh, he wrapped up yeah. uh, Logan's story so well in 2017. So, Yeah, James Mangold, I think, is the only aspect of this movie that has me excited for it. If, if Not I... even the John Williams score? Potentially his final film score ever? Wait, he's scoring this one? He's scoring this one, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, mm -hmm. no, okay. That has me excited, too. I'm constantly... Like sitting on a bed of nails, just waiting to hear that John Williams has passed. Because that that day, I will not be able to do anything. Like I will need to, I will need to, ha I will need to like sit down and just like, cause that. Oh my god! But yeah, like, God, that man is Indiana. That that man has made Indiana Jones. That soundtrack is a big part of what makes those movies work. Um, I'm excited about that then too. But like James Mangold has got me excited because I've loved everything that I've seen him make. Even Walk the Line I liked. I didn't love. I liked. But, like, um, 
like he's a great director. I'm really liking some of the shot compositions in this in this so far. I it's a very new look for indie because it's it's a new director and everything. It's it's strange to see. It is the first indie director change we've had here, which yeah. is very interesting. Which it, it was a bit strange watching the trailer because I'm like, oh, like the cinematography and the shot composition, like that, that car chase scene. There's that one shot where like the car sweeps by the camera, where I was just like, oh, beautiful. Um, but it's so weird because it's like, oh, this isn't Spielberg, and you, and you can feel it. You can you can feel that it isn't. Um, but uh, like, it's still just so visually appealing that like I'm excited to see when Angle takes it, and obviously like very excited to see uh, 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 Harrison Ford return uh, as Indy. I think this is like this is like the last <laughs> legacy. This is like the last legacy character he really has to play. I mean, he played him in the fourth in the fourth movie, but this feels like a definitive close to the Indy. Uh, it feels part. like his last big blockbuster we're gonna get with harrison from, from harrison probably yeah yeah because what, what was it before this uh, uh star blade War runner blade runner doesn't really count as a blockbuster yeah. though it's, it's a it was made like one it was made like one but it's a thinking man's movie yeah i gotta i gotta watch that movie again i love you denny denny if you're listening to this in the in the future freaking hit me up i'll write i'll write if, if i have books out at that point if i if i'm established oh God, as, as a writer i will write for you basically free of charge i will do it <laughs> don't don't say that you're putting your future self in a bind he will take money um <laughs> he's not gonna be like oh i won't pay you he's not gonna ah, who knows anyway um no i'm, I'm excited for this i mean I, dude we gotta talk about that de-aging technology it's gone so far uh, going back, if you go back to the first time it was actually used extensively, which was Strong Legacy back in 2011, no, 2010, and yeah. go back, go ahead to now, like, it's insane how much it's jumped. I think it's because the lighting has gotten better, the texturing on it's better, it doesn't look yeah. like a computer character anymore. Yeah. Um, But it seems like young Indy's going to be a big part of this movie, yeah. uh, in whatever way the plot is. Um uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it it looks amazing. Um, I yeah. your thoughts? You, you're the one who brought it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. Like, it's out of the trailers that I've seen. I think it's the one that I'm. No, no, okay, no. It's definitely I'm more, definitely more excited for it than I am to see. Ryan no, but what, what, what do you think of the de aging? What do you think? Of oh, the yeah, that's oh! what I was asking you. Yeah, dude, it's insane. You sent a picture of it. I I honestly yeah. thought it was just a picture from one of the old movies. I legitimately. It wasn't until I watched the trailer, I was like, oh my God, it's it's gotten insanely good. It's it's sterily good at this point. Just like how realistic that de-aging has been. Um, it's to the point that you can rely on it to be a major part of a movie um, and have it look good and hopefully stand the test of time. Because looking back at that old Tron movie, it's not bad, <laughs> but um, you know, the de-aging could have been done better. But also it was it was new, it was in its infancy. Um, that's exciting. I think effects wise, it, it's also exciting to, to see what this movie has to offer. I think it's a, oh, it's going to be a good movie. I think. Uh, so new cast members include Phoebe Waller Bridge as uh, Helena, who is uh, Indiana Jones's goddaughter. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays the main villain, uh, who's oh. a former Nazi uh, during World War II, who was hired by NASA for the space program. He's Jesus. trying to. Uh, use whatever the MacGuffin is for his own gain. Antonio Banderas is in it um, as a friend of Indy's. Toby Jones, which I think is a really good fit for an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Quite honestly. 
Um, he's also in it. And then Boyd Holbrook, uh, the main, um, well, what, what should I call henchman in Logan is also the main henchman in this movie. That the guy, was that the guy who played Donald or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Wolverine. I, the Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, the Wolverine. I just remember his death was brutal in that movie. He just got surrounded by children and massacred. <laughs> he got consumed by the grass. He got his neck snapped. That, that, that shit was brutal. Can't wait to see him get eaten by ants in this movie. You know henchman deaths. Henchman deaths in Indiana Jones movie. That man is dead. Like, super dead. Oh, he's so dead. <laughs> he is, and he's going to die in the most horrific way possible. Because, I mean, I mean... All right. Here's the million dollar question with this one. And maybe we can gauge it from the vibes the trailer gives us. Does Indy retire or die at die. the end of this one? Die? <laughs> die. I, think he, I think he dies. I, I think I, he dies. It's James Mangold, dude. <laughs> I think he's died in this. Um, I'm ups- I, you know what? I am upset about one thing about this trailer, though. I, I will yeah. say. Where is Shia LaBeouf? Same question I had with the Transformers one we just talked about. Oh my god! <laughs> the common thread. <laughs> Where is Shia? Where is Shia? Shia kind of has his own issues to work through. Yeah, like domestic charges and shit like that. Oh, they're gonna actually talk about it, but yeah, actually that that is. It. Well, yeah, I'm gonna talk about it. He should be called out on that shit. That shit's <laughs> rancid. <laughs> oh, he was—he's not gonna get away with this. He's not gonna get away with this. No, but yeah, I'm excited. not divide us. Oh my god! <laughs> you dare use your own my own spells against me, Potter? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dial of True, uh, Dial of Destiny. When's it coming out? Uh, June thirtieth next year, a week before wow. Transformers. I think Hollywood. You could have no. Wait, no, sorry. A couple weeks after Transformers. Hollywood, that could have been my birthday present, and instead you gave me Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> it's closer to dad's birthday actually that's his birthday present technically yeah our dad was is a huge indie fan well he's a, he, he's like a big he's fan the biggest indie ones. fan like i, I think I he showed it to, he showed it to us before he showed us star wars yeah if yeah. you can believe that yeah he showed us indiana jones before we saw like star wars and it's and it's and it's you know, and when I showed him this trailer, uh, you should have seen the inner child in him come out. That was, uh, that was, that was I wish awesome. I could have been there. So yeah. awesome. No, because um, I, I mean, I got so really, he's so hyped for this one. Yeah, I have a really special place in my heart for the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, even like the fourth one, which I don't like all that much. Yeah. Like for me, it's like, hey, like it just, I don't know, it's like a snapshot of a moment in my childhood that I will always remember. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jesus. I mean, we'll get to this later when we talk about the Fablemans, but Spielberg just mm, great. What are great. you? Are you uh, speaking of Spielberg? Are you uh, upset he's not directing this one? Or are you cool with um, it? I'm cool with it personally. Would have been cool to see him wrap it up himself. Yeah, but I would have loved to. See, I would have loved to see him wrap it up himself. Um, I would have loved that Amblin touch to it as well. Uh, I'm not exactly angry about it like would i have preferred him yeah but do i know that james mangold is like really respect like a really respectful director and yeah. really knows how to handle characters like legacy characters like this yeah i know that too so like it's it's a little disappointing to not see directed by steven spielberg but at the same time i i have confidence that this movie is gonna be pretty pretty good because i mean the last time we saw an indie movie 
directed by Steven Spielberg. And I mean, I blame George Lucas on this one. Yeah. More so than anyone else. But, you know, it wasn't exactly great. The story, yeah, George Lucas, this is the first one that isn't directed by Steven Spielberg, the first one that doesn't have a story by uh, George Lucas. Good. Um, That story he came up with with that fourth one, man. (laughs) That man has lost his touch. (laughs) The character dynamics in it were still great, but that has probably less to do with what Lucas came up with in the first place. That uh, alien, that alien some plot. Some of those new characters were garbage, dude. Yeah, some of them were, but remember like, the I don't, what was his name? Jensen. That I guy, don't even remember. I hated him. <laughs> Double wanted, agent, triple agent, quadruple I agent. Wanted, I wanted him to die so bad. I wanted him. I wanted him to be the one who fell into that pit of ants. God, that scene was traumatized. <laughs> yeah, you keep, you keep you keep bringing it up, so I, yeah, I imagine it yeah, was. It was horrifying. You think I want to see a man scream bloody murder into a camera as ants consume him? That shit's horrifying. <laughs> this will be the first Indiana Jones movie I see in theaters too, because the fourth one I'm gonna. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You didn't go see that one. I was yeah. upset about that in the long run because I was tired that day. But if I could go back in time, I would slap young me in the face and be like, get your ass up. It's a Spielberg movie, dude. You know what I mean? The next good one of these that you're going to see in theaters, long time. The last, the next great one, I should say. Yeah. What about Lincoln? <laughs> Lincoln was what, six years after? Yeah. yeah, 2012, six years after. No, four years like, after. Yeah. I feel like that was the last Spielberg movie that really like whoa me, you know what I mean? Like the one. It's truthfully that one. the last, the only blockbuster of his you've seen in theaters because he hasn't doesn't make many anymore. Uh, was Ready Player One? Yeah, I don't know if he'll make any many more blockbusters. People give that but... movie a lot of hate. I I, I think it's all right. It's, I think it's I think it's, it's not. Good. It's not. It's not like. It's not near the top of what Spielberg has done, but like you know, it's it's enjoyable. It's but better. Not everything. It's better than the book. Better than the BFG. Yeah, that one was. God, that one was. That was a that one was bad. A mis, that one was a misfire. That one was bad. I I was like, Stephen made this. This movie is garbage. Yeah, a lot of people say the Terminal. Like some people say uh, Hook, which are stupid. Oh, yeah, oh, honestly, no, people who say Hook can eat my freaking shorts, dude. Are you no, nah, Spielberg's worst movie is the BFG. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Spielberg. We can't all bat 100. It's all right. We forgive you. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Uh, another trailer that dropped. Uh, James Gunn uh, gave us a sneak peek into his final film in the Guardians franchise when the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer dropped. Um, comes off the heels of the holiday special, which we're not going to talk about on this podcast. We'll talk about it on the next one uh, when yeah. Jacob's back, which yeah. I personally thought was great. Little adventure with the Guardians. I really liked it. it um, but it did, <laughs> I yeah. definitely went through the metamorphosis that I went through while watching Peacemaker. Where I was like, okay, okay, this is all right. And then I was like, okay, okay, this is this is good. This is really good. <laughs> you know, I don't. It's it's funny to me about James is that like when his comedy is on, it's on, and then like when it misses a little, you're kind of like, ah. but then he brings it all back together, and you're just like, you know what? I loved this. This was a great product. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the sense of finality going to the trailer that you get from this trailer, Jesus, like it's like you, you feel it. Like there's a weight onto this stu- onto this trailer, even though there's humor in it. It was only there was really only one comedic moment in this. Trailer, one at the beginning, one at it. the end. 
um, yeah. with Drax. Both, both of which were with Drax. <laughs> which I don't know if that's just warming you up for the inevitable I think it's death of Drax. Yeah. Uh, if that God happens. damn it! I, I don't. You, I'm I'm like a hundred percent sure Rocket dies, but honest to God, I don't know who else could die in this. Like there could. Maybe it's a maybe it's a misdirection, JQ. Maybe they're showing uh so obvious that Rocket died. He doesn't die. One of those things, you know. I don't know. Uh, but, oh someone's God. dying in this. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, um, dude. But this, my God, this trailer is so effing good. Oh. Yeah, uh, the use of the space hog song in the mean. Yeah, in the in the meantime. In Thank the meantime. you. In the meantime, that's. I've been listening to it ever since that trailer, just because like. James Gunn he, knows where to find great music I, and I introduces told, it to uh, our generation. Yeah, something I've told Ruben, uh, our friend James, and then Jacob is that like someone who I'd really just love to sit down and have like a conversation about music with is James Gunn. Which because I my approach to music is more classical or jazz based. And then I have some popular, I have some popular knowledge here or there, but like hearing from James about some of these, like hearing from Gunn about some of these, um, like eighties, nineties, he's like, like, he just has such a great understanding of not only like what music sounds good, but what music is going to elevate what you're watching. Like, and he's done it so well. And like everything that he, like all the movies that he's done, and we talked about this when we were talking about Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. He's he's able to not just like pick great music, but pick music that differentiates his projects. You have like glam rock for Peacemaker. You have like you have like more of this '80s '90s vibe for for uh, or like yeah '80s and '90s vibe for the Guardians movies. You have this more modern vibe for um, the the Suicide Squad movie. Like he's just ha- he's just so good at picking music that like works. Um, and in the meantime, is no exception when it comes to yeah. this trailer. It just makes every moment in this trailer hit that much harder. Um, and you know, like I, like, I'm just watching the trailer. This is the first time in a while that I felt this hype for a Marvel movie. Same. Like after watching the trailer, because um, like before, I mean, like even Wakanda Forever, I'm like, yeah, it'll be good. And I, I ended up loving that movie. Yeah. But like, I haven't felt this level of like, oh my gosh, this is like. I'm hyped for this. I'm waiting for this. Like, this is going to be really good. Yeah, it um, feels like we have gotten into, like, this pattern of monotony. Like, oh, the next Marvel thing's coming. Okay, yeah. here's the marketing for that. The next Marvel yeah. thing's coming. Here's the marketing for that. This yeah. actually feels like, oh, this is someone's soul on screen. This is, like, yeah, this, was is an art. Emo- this is a yeah. piece of art that I there get to watch. There was an emotional note to this trailer. You know, there was an emotional edge to this trailer that the other Marvel trailers didn't have. And I would say think, Black Panther's the only one recently that's had what you're describing. Yeah, I did feel I that think, emotional note in that trailer too. And like, and like, I love the if you compare like the use of popular music, um, in the Guardians trailer compared to the use of like, uh, like, like in the meantime in the Guardians trailer compared to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and Ant Man and the and the Wasp. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very different because you know that they're going, yeah. you know they're going for Yellow Brick Road because they're like, oh, this sounds cool, and you know that James is going for it in the meantime for very specific reasons. Like there is, well, I will say it worked better, but I can kind of see the reason they use Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Like they're going somewhere mystical that I they've mean, never been before. Yes, I mean yes, but there is, you know what I mean? There's that yeah. extra level of connectivity, and sometimes that's all it takes. Um, but yeah, there's just. There's a soul. There's a soul in this in this movie. You can feel it from the trailer. Same with Wakanda Forever, like you said. There's a soul. Someone made this and very much cares about these characters a lot. 
Yeah. James Gunn made these characters. James Gunn redefined these characters. He so did. The, Guardi- the Guardians today, the way that they are, is because of James Gunn. Because they were very different in the comics. The game that came out also because yeah. of James Gunn. Very and, like Gunn, the basis like, he like Yeah. Created. Like, he is he's really he's made these characters like th- this this group of goofballs and outcasts just such relate like he's turned them into such relatable. They're such iconic. Funny, he made them iconic characters. Felt. Yeah, like these might. I was talking to Ruben about this, like off the podcast too. Like these might be some of my favorite Marvel characters at this point. And you would have, if, if you would have told me that back in 2013, like right when the first movie was announced, I would have laughed in your face. I really would. Yeah, because you see the promo art with a raccoon, and you're like, "Oh, this is ridiculous. We're gonna yeah, jump the shark." That Sam raccoon is making me cry by saying, "We'll all fly away together one last time to that beautiful forever." I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, "Jesus, the writing for this I- thing." Even in the trailer, you're like, oh my god, the writing for this thing's gonna bring brilliant. That line is so good. Oh my god, I love I'm sorry. I'm I'm geeking out. I really do. I love James Gunn. Like, I've loved everything he's made recently. Um Guardians 2, the Suicide Squad. Peacemaker grew on me, like I told you. I started it out like uh, and then I ended it out like this just reinforces what a brilliant idea bringing James Gunn in to be the creative head of DC is going to be, I think it's going to pay off really yeah. well. I think, yeah, because I mean, I know people are afraid about like the comedy aspect of Gunn. Yeah, but he's not going to make them all the same, yeah, I don't think. But like Gunn's emotional notes in every one of his movies that surpasses most people at Marvel. Let's, yeah. let's, be, let's just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. Hell, even Slither. A, a body horror movie had its moments of like, ooh, you know, they had those, like he understands how to pull at the heartstrings properly and how to make characters human. Like, I feel like that's the main thing. It's yeah. that humanity. He understands so, it's like, the way I've seen it recently, like James Gunn is like, if Joss Whedon was competent and also like a good person. <laughs> um, Cause like Joss Whedon has like a lot of these like, like these great like lines here and there, but they're like one offs and they're all goofy and all his characters really and all the, the characters yeah that's yeah. what I'm gonna say yeah. and Gunn is still able to make these like goofy one liners and like these these zings go back and forth, but he has characters have their individual personalities and there is a humanity that's unique to every one of them, um and, and it's just like it's something that you get excited about every time you see a new project of his. You're like, okay, what's he gonna explore here next? Um, but, ah, dude, I'm, I, I mean, I've kind of dominated the, the Guardians conversation. No, no you're I'm, cool. I'm, like, super excited. I'm, like, super excited for this movie. Um, the teaser yeah. poster also gives that sense of finale, uh, which is insane. Oh, like, my all, God. All of them, like, in silhouettes. Yeah. On what looks like the the uh, the counter-Earth that they're on, yeah. I guess, because you see the Earth moon above them. Yeah. But, but, dude, but like. But, damn, the, yeah. God, like, I, I'm just shocked because I'm, like, you see that, te- that that teaser poser, poster with the exception of I think Cosmo because I don't know much about Cosmo yet. Um, you see all those characters and you're like, I care so deeply about everyone on this poster. I don't know how Gun did it, but like, like, cause like I'm at the point where like, we're like even seeing Nebula, I get happy, you know? Yeah. See, after the first movie, I didn't expect that, but the second movie. The, the Infinity War Endgame, and now, like... I mean, Yondu, Yondu's one of the most complex, brilliantly reeling characters in the entire MCU. I... Like, the, where he goes from that first movie... We're gonna talk about him movie. more when Jacob's back and we're talking about the holiday special, but, like, ha! 
I freaking love y'all, dude. <laughs> Good lord. Um, but yeah, when is when is this one's May? This one comes 5th? out May uh fifth. Yeah, you're correct. Next Very year. excited. I'm super excited. Um, also, love the use of a practical set here. Um, they used it for the holiday special. Mm-hmm. Um, as well. But the practical nowhere, thank God. Marvel. I was kind of getting sick of the volume shit. Yeah. I'm gonna be real with you. Yeah, Marvel, please more practical sets. Yeah, they feel real. They feel, they feel yeah. you feel like you're in there. The volume shit is impressive. Yes, it is. But only use it when you really need to use it. In that you know Thor, I mean? those Thor movies where they went too far with it. I yeah, think. too much volume. <laughs> too much volume in the Thor movie. I, right. did, nothing felt grounded. Nothing felt grounded. <laughs> All right, final trailer we're going to talk about. Uh, and we can be brief on this one since we've already gushed about this show so much uh, with the past trailers. Uh, the Last of Us released its full trailer. Um, it comes out in January. Very weird use of a trailer song on this one. Ruben take says on me. Makes it, yeah, Take On Me by AHA for a post-apocalypse. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Uh, but yet again, I didn't play the game. So... Uh... I need to play that game. What I like about this I one really is need to play that game. the production design on this one's insane, um, especially for a television show. Talking uh, about practicality. Yeah. Like, uh, the the clickers, I think they use prosthetics more than anything, and you can tell it looks really good as well. Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as Joel and Ellie look like they're going to knock it out of the park in the limited stuff we've seen. Uh, especially Pedro. That, that Joel character really hard to play and it seems like he's gonna hit all the emotional notes you need to with yeah. that. I mean it's Pedro. It's Pedro Pascal, yeah. man. That man is if you know what's coming story wise, you can kinda see that he's gonna nail it. I don't wanna spoil it in case someone hasn't yeah. played the game. Play the game. Um, I will I will not just to you, to anyone else. Yeah. But yeah. Delvin, what do you think of this trailer? I, I liked it. Um I don't know. I, there's this trailer, watching it, and I, I feel like I watched it in front of you, but I don't, I, I didn't communicate this, but there's just something very momentous about the story of Last of Us. I would say it felt, it felt like a watermark moment, a watershed moment, not watermark, watershed, watershed yeah. moment. There is before and after Last of Us, um, and that not only like a massive moment for storytelling video games, like. Ever since that game came out, it has been very different. Like the, the the video game field has just changed a lot. There's a lot more demand for this heavy story along yeah. with good gameplay. Um, but and, and, and I mean, the, the effect of The Last of Us goes beyond that because this dynamic of like found father and father and 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 uh, offspring has gone on in several forms of media you see it in logan you saw it in hunt for the wilder people you the mandalorian see it in the mandalorian um <laughs> the new god of war at hell yes Cause, yeah yeah because that dynamic is just there is so much you can explore in that dynamic um and like i'm just kind of excited to see like the og of that like i know there are things like that before last of us but last of us is kind of what reintroduced that idea yeah what's um, the original called uh wolf and cub that's the one i've heard yeah yeah uh is that the name that's is that the name of the japanese one the samurai i think that's it yeah it's wolf and cub yeah like it's that it's that dynamic there is a lot that you can explore with that dynamic 
Um, but yeah, no, watching this trailer, I will admit, Ruben really made me think, like, oh god, okay, maybe I do have to play these games. I'm not into shooters. I'm really not into shooter games, which is why it's been hard for me to get into Uncharted or whatnot, because I really like those platformers slash kind of like melee combat-based games. Like that's my that's my bread and butter. That's your cup and tea. Yeah. Puzzle games, that kind of thing. Like that's my bread and butter. Like I'm really interested in playing uh I've been, especially, speaking of God of War, just all of God of War, I've really been interested in going back to even, like, the very first one that they made for, I believe, the PS2. Because mm. the new one looks great, but the old one's also looked good. But, like, yeah, um, this, this, if nothing else, even if this turns out to be, like, a complete dud of a show, like, I think it will at least encourage people to be like, hey, well, I mean, might as well see what the original was like. So I think I think I I'm excited to see it. I really love Pedro too. That that man is on a roll. And I hope yes, he, he stays is. on it. I really hope he stays on that role. Uh we will for sure be reviewing Last of Us when it comes out next month. So uh yeah. look forward to that. All right. Now we're gonna talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh first off, The Fablemans, uh directed by Steven Spielberg, uh came out during uh Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Um so it's not a bio, a straight one-to-one uh, biography or biographical film, I should say. Biopic uh, or biopic. Bi- bio, biopic. <laughs> bio- some people say biopic. Some people say biopic. James. Uh, I disagree with say calling it biopic. James. James. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We talk about way too many Jimmy James. Jimmy Knowles. Pod- I was going to say, we talk about too many Jameses on this podcast. We're talking about the one that nobody knows. Yeah, uh, James right. knows. <laughs> Uh, James knows he lives uh, at one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I almost did what you did at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Not listening. Not listening. (laughs) I can't cover my ears because I have headphones on. I mean, your ears are already covered then, technically. Shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Um, Uh, But it's a uh, semi-biographical film about his uh, childhood, adolescence, uh, young adulthood. um, Basically how Spielberg uh, navigated his family life to get to the moment where he gets his first gig in Hollywood. That's mm-hmm. basically the trajectory of this film uh, told through the perspective of a fictionalized version of himself called Stammy's Fableman. Uh, yeah. They're called the Fablemans because this is a fable, which I kind of like. I like that yeah. personally. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's not, it's not the most covert analogy. No, it's not. But it doesn't have to be. It's yeah. cute. It's very Amblin. <laughs> it is very Amblin. I, uh... Bro, the, when the Amblin logo showed up on the universe, I was logo, about I to flip talk about out. that. I, <laughs> there is no reason that should have unlocked my inner child the way that it did. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason I should have been like, oh, Peter, Peter. I was watching with my friend Peter. I was like, Peter, look. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jacob. I was watching this with Jacob, and Jacob just turned to me when I gasped or like made a sound. I'm like, I just looked at him. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I just yeah, it's like, it's like look, man. <laughs> yeah, I was the only person who reacted like that in the theater with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't even the oldest person in that theater, so I feel like an idiot. You know? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I didn't grow up during Spielberg's golden age, you know. I, 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 I mean, he still made some good ones uh, early on, but you know what I mean. Um, no, but oh my god, this movie. Um, I don't think. Yeah, this is one of the best movies of the year. I'm just going to come out yeah. straight and say it. It's um, up there. It's not going to get the box office credit it deserves just because of the world we live in now. Um, yeah. So when it comes to streaming, or if it's still somehow playing in a theater near you by some watch miracle, it. go watch it. 
watch it. It's worth it on the big screen. I will, if you do not watch this movie, I will dox you on the podcast. We will block you on the forums. We will block you from the Discord. We will delete your Twitter. (laughs) Elon's already doing that last thing. We don't gotta, we don't gotta even worry about that. Anyway, so, um, uh, yeah. (laughs) Look, so, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna look at my letterbox because that's what I like. I wrote an extensive Ruben, review on that. I, I got my, my letterbox review for this was thank you for everything Spielberg because I wanted to keep it short and sweet. And honestly, that movie, this movie affected me on an emotional level in a way that a movie has not done in a while. Like throughout, like I mean, yeah, Wakanda Forever got me, but I mean, like just the, the heart of this film, the, yeah. the heart of the themes of family and of overcoming and of art versus and of like pursuing art versus like pursuing like the people around you like that like it just it's i think it's i think the theme's at a broader level than just art yeah the the theme is like what happens when you follow your dreams or desires or what you feel like is right inside your heart and what that causes to everyone around you yeah even like the decision his mom makes to follow her heart or follow what she wants that's true that is that brings like despair to everyone around yeah. her, even though she feels like she's doing the right thing. I think even though there's art, like the art following art is what the main character wants to do. I don't think the main theme of the movie is specifically about art, which is what yeah. I think makes this so brilliant. Cause it's not like a self randalizing Hollywood thing where they're like, movies are the best thing ever. Look at this. Oh my God. Movies accomplish so much. It's more about what effect does it have? To follow that dream, whether it's art or something else, like it makes it more relatable to the audience. Yeah. It's not everyone in the audience who watches this is going to want to be a big movie director. And I feel like sometimes not, people. I don't want to be a big movie director. And sometimes know. I feel like people in Hollywood like get so self-absorbed that they forget about that and they make movies just for their peers, basically. That yeah. almost no one else is going to like. I think um, I, I think we often forget. Um, as I mean, like I was gonna say, as artists, but I mean, like in general, we forget that, um, like, the things around us that don't exactly pertain to us are still just as important. You yeah. know what I mean? Like for me, art or like writing music—that's what's important to me. But like, there is an artistry when it comes to science. There's an artistry in mathematics. There's an artistry in the creation of of of, of like audio interfaces and of like skyscrapers and 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 programming there's an artistry to all of that so i i do agree there is there is a, a beauty in being like this goes beyond just what i make it's like just following whatever whatever like you hold in your heart like what effect is that going to have that is true i did really like that yeah uh continuing on <clears throat> yes it's two and a half hours but i feel like it flies by and it dragged. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't drag at all. Uh, so the movie is not about what you expect from the trailers. It's about basically what I like gleaned from it. It's basically the dying days of a family, which is really sad when you really think about yeah. it. Um, it's basically the Spielberg or Fableman household falling apart. And like, there's a there's joyous moments, but like the entire thing is punctuated by like a sense of grief. Um, or like you feel nostalgia in the moment. Cause you know, things are not moving in the right direction and, and they're not going to end well. Um, and you're hoping to end differently, but they don't end differently in the way you 
really want them to. Um, and I also like how Steven, you can feel like his emotions like in this, like what he felt in the moment, like you get a good understanding through the writing, uh, what he felt in the moment. And even like through some of the written pieces of dialogue, you kind of get the sense that, oh, he didn't act uh, a certain way in the moment and he kind of feels regret about that. And he kind of writes that and directs that into the movie itself, which I thought was also a brilliant move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how... I, I, I don't know, Jonathan. What do you think about like that underlying emotional I, component of the movie? Well, it, he did it effectively because it yeah. got to me. And I we live in a perfectly healthy family. But like... Like it got to me and I felt it and I was like, yeah, I, I understand that pain of like being able to and something that um I can't even remember if they talked about this in the movie or not, or if this is just like something that like I've just had a conversation with with, with other friends of mine about, but like it's almost like you turn to 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 this film world or you turn for my example to writing or music because this is like, oh no, they did, they did talk about this. Uh, the, the mother did. I remember now she did. But like how you turn to these things because for a moment you have control. For a moment, every like you're you ha- are the end all be all to this. The mom was a was a was a pianist. Um, yeah. she wanted to be like this big concert pianist. She never yeah. she never ever to. And I loved that moment when she was talking about a score as like this is like a little getaway for just a moment. You know everything that's gonna happen. You know exactly how things are supposed to be, and that applies I think to to the, to the art of making movies and to. Sammy Fableman's character, as everything else around him is falling apart, he's still so focused on movie making. I love that scene where his sister comes in. Uh, when Red, I think her name was Reggie. Reggie comes in and she's like, "You're just as selfish as mom is when it comes to this, or you're just as and like his family's falling apart. And he's still like, "Hey, can you just sit here and watch this movie with me? Can you sit here and just watch what I've made with me?" And it's like a moment of like, "This is what yeah. I have control of. This is what I have a say in, and I have so much power." in this little world compared to like what I have outside of it. I thought that really hit hard. And I really love that aspect of it that Steven doesn't make himself like, or that, that yeah, Steven doesn't make himself through Sammy like this deciding factor in this in this story or, yes, yeah. or uh, of his parents. He's there, he doesn't have, like he has moments where he like calls out his dad. He or still he has agency. Yeah, yeah, he has agency, but overall he has about as much power over what's happening as like his other siblings do in the movie or as much yeah. as, or as much as his father he's just kind of witnessing this yeah and it's it, it, and you get that like i wish i could do more but there's only so much i can do in this moment to actually make this okay i don't have that much power here um and it's devastating but it's also just just a beautiful thing to watch like, God damn. Uh, some of the let's talk about some of the cast members in this thing because i want to highlight them uh paul dano was really good in this yeah uh just shows his continued range he played a uh, oh. psychotic psychotic riddler at the beginning of the year and now he played a subdued father figure uh who had his yeah. flaws but um he's trying his best honestly. he's trying his best but I think like the A A lister who really brought their A game to this was uh, Michelle Williams, as a uh, well as the fictionalized version of Spielberg's mother. I think this is I think this is the best role I've seen Michelle Williams in. She is so good in this. She is very good, dude. She like you know what she she knows she's not doing the best thing, but she's doing it for reasons she. You get her logic, I guess, is what you're you saying. You get right? the humanity of it. Yes, the, the humanity she of it. She doesn't... It's so wicked she's not evil. 
Yeah. She's a human. That's what I love about movies about real life or what I love about like people who grapple real life like this is that there's no real heroes or villains in this story. Even even to the even to the point where you even when we get to the to, to, to Steven's bullies, like one of them is obviously like antagonistic, but like the yeah. other is other a, like yeah, flawed character. They're all humans. Yep. And I love that. I, I love that that ability to be like this person is doing something horribly selfish, tearing this family apart. But to her, like she's so convinced, like she's just falling apart, and you feel for her because, like, you you see her just just breaking down throughout this movie, and she has she clearly has like some sort of like mental illness, whether that be like 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 not like something serious, but like she definitely has like like some form of depression or like manic depression or something like that. Yeah, um, at least from what I can see, uh, I'm not a psychologist, but I do have depression, and I, I know the signs. Um, <laughs> Um, but um, fun fact the monkey she gets, uh, the capuchin is the yeah. same capuchin that was in the Night of the Museum movie. He's back. still alive, yeah. Crystal the monkey still around. I thought, I thought she was dead. Nope, I thought she was dead. No, that's monkey's the same monkey. The same monkey. Oh, god bless. Oh, you've made my day, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's still alive. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> I really love that complexity, and the uh, Michelle Williams just brings yeah. her a game bro like oh my gosh she captures like she tr- captures the childlike nature of this of this person. i like that though she's she's very childlike she yeah has a, and you and like you can see the positives and the negatives of, of that, that in, yeah. a, a, in an adult like because like you're like oh my gosh like she relates to the kids so much and she's very exuberant and energetic and excited and she she makes the people around her excited about life but at the same time she's childlike she's not mature emotionally or or, or in some aspects like and like her emotional intelligence is just all over the, the effing place yeah and like i just i just love that exploration of like the good and bad qualities of something like that um there's just a lot of nuance in this movie a lot of like really really good character development and character moments and i mean the actors just bring it out ruben who played sammy fableman because i think he's another standout um oh the uh hold on i can tell you oh yeah uh gabrielle labelle uh played sammy fableman man that kid's going places yeah he like i i mentioned to you like all these powerhouse actors were around it, but if that role does not work, if that actor is not bringing their all and doing it well, the movie would have fallen apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of emotion that's required from, like, the Sammy Fableman character. Yeah. And not just uh, that, a lot of subtle emotion. Subtle emotion as well. Yeah, because, yeah. like, it's one thing to be, like, to, like, be, like, exploding in tears and, yes, like, angry, yes. but there's a lot of, like, holy shit, what do I do in this moment? There's a lot of conflict. Like, I love the scene where he, like, where he's going over the camp footage and he starts to notice his mom around Seth Rogen's character. Seth Rogen also did a great job yeah, in this yeah. movie in the role. But, like, because it's not, like, an immediate, like, ah! Like, it's like, you know, it's yeah. that, it's a freak out. It's just, like, a slow burn of, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, did I see that right? Oh, my God. And then, yeah. like, he stands up and he's just, like, and... Just that build up throughout that entire scene. The use of music too. John, thank you, John Williams. John, John Williams. Last <laughs> um, collaboration with Spielberg ever. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much original stuff was in it because I know there was some Bach here and there. There was some um, 
and no, there was not that. I don't think there was Debussy in there, but there was like some classical rap in there. Um, but like There's some, yeah, some yeah, original, the, songs, especially the, towards the end, I think. Yeah, was... but the music really, the use of music in general, just really brought the movie to another level as well. So whether John wrote it or was a consultant on what to do there, like he did a great job. Just, yeah. Say. Um, a Judd Hirsch. Oh had a five-minute role in this. Um, people are giving it Oscar buzz, and it was like five minutes of screen time. And I think <laughs> I actually agree with them. It's 100% deserved. This man, they're about to pull an Ed Hathaway. <laughs> Ed Hathaway and Mahershala Ali. Um, he could absolutely win an Oscar for five mm. minutes of screen time. Because his scene uh, is the thematic backbone of the film, to be yeah. real. Like, he basically needs to deliver the themes to the movie um, in a direct way because they've been there the entire time. But like this is it's when it's said directly, it's by his character for the first time. Yeah, that's when you like directly get okay. This it, is what this movie it is, is about! Exclamation point on like the first act, essentially of like yeah. this is it. This is what we're going into. And God damn, he knocked it out of the park. I love that he get, bro. He he, just, he, just, he took that scene. He just took complete control of that thing. Yeah. Oh, just great delivery, great range of emotions, comedic and yet heartfelt at the same time as only Judd Hirsch can be. Uh, like, uh, he looked like a Schlemiel, though, I'll tell you what. He did kind of look like a <laughs> There it is. Uh, for, our, for our listeners, uh, when we would watch Independence Day as kids, Jonathan would always uh, say that about Judd Hirsch. I love Yiddish. Yiddish yeah. is such a... It's, I'm not gonna say a funny language. That's mean. It's just a fun language. There you know? go. Fun, I, fun. Yeah. It's a fun language. I love the sound of it. You know, Shlomil. Come on. I love. I love the chich, the chich that's in Yiddish. You know what I mean? I don't know. That might sound insensitive in the future, but I really just love Yiddish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, just to really quickly touch on it without spoiling, I think the final five ten minutes of this movie. Just really tied it all together really well. Shout out David Lynch. <laughs> David Lynch's small scene in this is also really good. He's also really good in this movie. Oh my god! As the first director who gave Spielberg advice. Yeah. And uh, that final shot. Ah, uh, yeah. We're not spoiling we're it. We're not going to spoil that the final shot. shot. Uh, I I'd go as far as to say it's one of the most effective fourth wall breaks I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Um. um oh my god. Dude, I think it is the most effective fourth wall break I've seen yeah. in the movie. Because usually it's played for like solely comedy, you know, a fourth yeah. wall break. This had so much emotion and storytelling behind it. And just the simple motion of the camera. That's yeah. all it took. It oh man, I, I really I Yeah, whoever that. came up with that idea, brilliant. Like yeah. if it was Steven, if it was the other writers. One of the other yeah. writers. I mean, it was I, such a good idea. Such a great idea. Because it just takes it from being, oh, this is a fictionalized fable to, oh, no, this, some of this is real. Look yeah, at this. Not, not that, yeah, that is yeah. kind of like, that's the moment of like, <laughs> oh, it's real. This is real. We know where this goes from here. Yeah. Like, that, that's the other part I love from that chat is that you're like, this is Steven Spielberg. You know what happens next. Like, yeah. this man just starts batting and he does not stop. <laughs> And I'm meaning that he has a few off days, Terminal, BFG, whatever, Warhorse. I ain't never seen Warhorse, but I hear nothing I, about it, so I'm guessing it wasn't that great. Wasn't that uh, thing nominated? I thought Warhorse. Yeah, so was The Blind Side, Ruben. Look. Uh, <laughs> Blind Side ain't even that bad. That was The Green Book. 
See, oh uh, man. So was Crash. <laughs> Damn, Jonathan going in on some uh, movies uh, <laughs> right now. So was shit. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out of examples. So was the boss baby. So yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Cookies are for closers. I don't, I don't, whatever the Oscars has to say about animated films, I don't give a shit about. They have no clue what they're talking about. Well, Mr. cookies May are for, for are cookies for May closers. For, shut up. <laughs> cookies are for little bitches like you. Don't All know right. about a good movie. Uh, so Fablemans, I would Nine give. Out of 10. Uh, 10 out of 10 for me. I love this yeah. thing. Ruben, give you, it a, yeah. Ruben yeah, watch this in. Perfect 10. So watch this in theaters if you can. And if you can't, watch it on streaming. I don't know mm. if it'll be Peacock. It probably will be Peacock. Yeah. Uh, rent it. I don't know. But like, go out of your way. It's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, this could be a, a 10 out of 10 for me. It's just that for me at this point, I don't ever give a movie that rating right off the bat. It kind of just grows on me over time. Yeah, it makes sense. It depends on the movie, though. Like, if it's, like, really good. Like, I'm talking, like, Parasite, Into the Spider-Verse, um... Everything, everywhere, all at once—that kind of thing. That will, I, I will immediately give it like a, like a, like a five out of, out of five. Um, but yeah, no, this is still like, this is a must watch. It's a must watch. He's all back, right. baby. He's back. I was last thing I will say about Fableman. Yeah. When I first heard it announced, it, it made me super sad. And Ruben, I've talked talked to Ruben about this too. Is that like, it feels like an end of life project, you know? It does. It and it, does. it kind of. It kind of makes me, it kind of like impacted me in a way. I'm like, oh my God, Spielberg's making this type of movie. And it made me realize, crap, we could be getting close to the end here. <laughs> really made me sad. Um, but I mean, the quality of it overall, I mean, like whatever time we have left with Steven, I'm, I'm game. Like, I'm just so grateful for everything this man has given us and given to the art of film over the last few years. So like, God, anyway. <laughs> Uh, but that'll do it for today's episode of Pop Culture Quintessentials with Bringing the Guitar. Bring in the Kanye movie music. Don't bring in the Kanye music. Don't take off the note. It keeps saying redacted. It keeps saying access to that. You don't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. You ain't got the answers. Man, his interview yesterday, I'm not going to parrot any of the shit he said, but if you go look at he did another interview yesterday. I just think that everybody ass. on this planet has value. They brought something to the table. Nope. Especially <laughs> uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you? Have you are you a part of the of the Church of, of, of Catholicism? <laughs> That's not what he said. Uh, to wrap up the pod, first reactions for uh, Avatar: The Way of Water came out. JQ, what what are they? Positive. Wait, I can't say that word. Cut that out. <laughs> bleep it. Bleep it. <laughs> I said fudge. I said fudge. <laughs> I'm upset. I want this movie to tank. I don't think you guys understand. I don't. I have never prayed this hard on a man's downfall in my life. I am on my uh, knees, on my bedside. No, the biggest exactly. praise I've seen is for... Surprise, surprise, the technical aspects of the movie are jaw-dropping. Never seen anything like this before. I am like Eddie Brock in Spider-Man 3, praying to Jesus that Peter Parker dies. But instead of Peter, I'm talking about Cameron. I want this man 
I want. I don't want him to die. I just hope this movie bombs. All right. James Cameron was also asked, uh, "When's the best time to use the bathroom during Avatar: The Way of Water?" He said, "Piss yourself." Right? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, he said, "No, he's no, 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 no." Because it's a three-hour movie, and he said, "Use it at any point during the movie. You'll catch whatever you miss during your second viewing." I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. I'm not even. I wish. It. I wish you would have said. I wish you would have just said, "Piss yourself." I really, really wish you would have just said. James Cameron not worried about Avatar two flopping. Quote: If I like my movie, I know other people are gonna like it too. Oh shit! I, I swallow you. Get it up. Are you trying to get a rise out of me? Are you trying to get a rise uh, out of me? Yeah, potentially. Oh I'm my just... god, F this guy. He's so <laughs> cocksure. It's annoying. If I like it, other people, shut the hell up. Shut up. God damn it. You piece of shit. <laughs> Eat my chow, James Cameron. God. <laughs> why? Why, Ruben, why? <laughs> I hear it's like a like a setup for the other movies too. Would I... you shut up? <laughs> Apparently, he has Avatar five and six planned out already. This man thinks he's gonna make it that far. I laugh. I laugh. He's a rich white guy. He is gonna make it that. He's far. not gonna make it that far. He said he's prepared to end this after the third movie if this one flops. This so one's everyone, not gonna flop. Everyone, hey, shut the hell up. Everyone, listen to your podcast. Put your raise your hands. Give me your power. Give me your power, everybody. Raise your hands up in the air. Summon your power to the Hollywood gods and say and say with me, James Cameron, Avatar 2 flop. Give it, come on. Stop. Don't go to the theaters. Pirate it. Go Watch it on your laptop like it was intended to be viewed. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hands in the air, everybody. I need your powers. This, this bastard used 48 frames per second 3D. I'm going to... Oh, my God. This is going to hurt my eyes when I go see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have an epileptic breakdown during the, this movie will be responsible for the death of at least three people. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> you think people get the Avatar Blues again, JQ? If people get the Avatar Blues again, they deserve it. I mean, at that point. <laughs> Do you notice how these Avatar movies seem to come out close to recessions? What 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 is that? I don't he's trying to capitalize on escapism. He's trying to cap- no, no. It took him this long to write this this half-ass hackney story. It took the, it took him this long because he was waiting for humanity to be at the lowest of its lows. Because when you take a person who is broken and you give him just a little bit of hope, you give you give you, you give a you, you give a man you give a man a dental floss. He thinks he's a cowboy. All right, that's right. <laughs> he's trying. He's manipulating us emotionally. He's manipulating us emotionally. That's what this is. He's like, they're at their lowest. Quick, Avatar, way of water. Get the hell out. I'm on to you, James. I know I know your address. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I I get the feeling this is gonna, it's gonna be like the first one again, except Shut up! <laughs> except longer. No, I'm I'm saying Oh, you mean like the movie itself, like the the, the story. Yeah, I you about the, it's success. It will not have that same success. And James, I cannot believe he had the gall to say that shit. It's so on brand for him. You'll catch it on your second view. What if I have to piss at the same time, James, huh? I'm out of breath. (laughs) I think we're going to have a coronary, dude. (laughs) Uh, Man.
You did you did this on purpose. You saved this for the end on purpose. I'm gonna kill you. Oh Wait, my god. Holy shit. Go uh Kate Winslet's in this thing? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh but that's it. Just cue the music. Just play start playing a little the little guitar riff. I don't give a shit. It's playing us out. And shout out to Jimi Hendrix for writing that. He didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't write that shit. That generic as royalty-free soundtrack. Do you want me to use actual music? No! <laughs> we have to get rights then. Exactly. <laughs> we can't All get right. rights for Hispanic. Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>